0: All right, folks, we got all these former champions here, and I know they're probably thinking I'm getting out of here, but no, you're not, guys. We're going to give them the command. When I get to, when I count us down, guys, and anybody in the stands who wants to join in with all these great drivers, former winners, you're welcome to. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Gentlemen!
1: Another episode of the Up Speed Podcast, ready to go, Tyler Head. do with you as always. Been a couple weeks, but the off season we can't really even call it an off season, honestly. It's not, there's been something almost every single day. We're testing every single week now. This is going to be the most, like, least quiet offseason in NASCAR history, because it's not going to slow down. We're less than 60 days away from the bush clash in the Coliseum, like, and we've still got plenty of things to do between now
0: and then yeah i mean it's it's because it feels like every week there's a new driver being announced to a team or mm-hmm. like this week they're testing um you know at Charlotte and you know the next couple of weeks they'll go here they'll go there, and it's just next thing you know it, we're into February and we're ready to head out west for the clash.
1: I was gonna say there's this is usually the point in the off season once we've gotten about a month in where I'm like, man, I'm like really missing like racing related mm-hmm. things and racing content and, and there's just so much of it now that like I haven't had the opportunity to really miss it yet
0: yeah yeah most of the time i feel like like after the banquet you know for the next like month a month and a half it's just quiet you yeah. know there's no news it's just and then but now with testing and like i said you know i feel like there's still a ton of driver movement going on mm-hmm. uh, especially in the lower levels um you know it's it's pretty cool to see yeah
1: well, I think testing is a perfect place to start because despite being less than 60 days away from the exhibition race to kick off the season, we still don't know what uh, rules packages we're going to be using in a lot of these races, and they're still trying to figure that out with testing at Charlotte. Um, they're going to go back for another round tomorrow, and maybe by the end of the day we'll have some answers, maybe, maybe not. I mean, we're not really sure.
0: Well, I w- we talked about it on our last podcast how we both kind of thought it was, premature to jump out there and say what the rules package was going to be for next year Mm -hmm. without really you know testing it thoroughly yeah um yesterday we saw several cars on the track we saw cars on the track at the same time running in a pack and there were still different combinations of of horsepower and and downforce and all that good stuff um so i think that you know hopefully like you said they're taking kind of this gap day or so Mm -hmm. to probably you know sit in a room talk about you know talk to the drivers talk to team owners everybody about you know x y and z and then hopefully try to implement that tomorrow and maybe we can get some clarity either early next week or after the holidays about kind of the direction that they're leaning towards going
1: well and i've been very encouraged with everything that we've seen not just here in the off season but in the past Really, couple months we've seen drivers be a lot more critical and give a lot of feedback to what this car is and how it handles it at different places because for the first you know because this thing first hit the track what late 2019 we had some tests mm-hmm. in 2020 before everything shut down and you know there wasn't a whole lot of critiquing from the drivers you know they say this is good this you know needs some improvement but none of them really hammered on we don't need to be doing this we need to be doing this That's really changed because now we have drivers firmly saying, look, this is what we need to do. This is the direction we need to go. If you want this type of racing, here's what we need to do. And that's good because it seems like up until I guess the middle of this year, it seems like NASCAR has really been in control of everything that's gone on with this next gen car that, you know, we want to try this. We want to do this. And the drivers are just kind of like, okay, we'll try it. But now as we're getting closer and closer to the season, actually starting realizing we're kind of up against it a little bit. They're saying, Hey, here's what we need to do. You should probably listen to us. And I'm really hoping that they do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hope so too. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about what we think is going to work. Sure. The drivers know, the drivers know, they know what the car feels like. And, you know, I think of a guy like Kurt Busch, I know he's been at several of the tests where there, where not everybody's been invited, mm-hmm. but I think a guy like him is, is absolutely perfect for it. Cause he's driven so many different types of cars. Right. I mean, been through several eras of nascar at this point yep. and you know having that input from drivers all throughout the field i think is huge
1: i am waiting to hear what kyle bush thinks of everything because yesterday was the first time that he got a test on the intermediate track and you know they ran three different um packages they ran a 515 two six seventies, and maybe he's holding his tongue until the end of tomorrow but i really want to know what he thinks about this because that is somebody Kind of similar to his brother that's driven so many different iterations of cars, knows what makes good racing. I want to hear his feedback and his honest opinion on what this car is and, and what the type of things they're trying are.
0: Well, that's the thing, you know, with Kyle, you're not going to have to ask him for his honest uh, opinion because he's just going to give it to you. And, and that's the thing is, um, you know, maybe he comes out and says, This is the greatest car I've ever driven. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he comes out and says you know what this car absolutely sucks go back to the drawing board but i think the barometer kind of goes to wherever he's going to be because you know he's going to give you know you can debate which kyle's more talented or whatever but you know he's one of the most talented drivers this sport's ever seen and and he knows what the car needs to do and i'd value his opinion
1: absolutely um so like i said yesterday they rolled out three different types of rules packages. They rolled out a 550 package with a seven inch spoiler again. And there were some things underneath the car, like with the splitter and the underpan, that were a little bit different, but overall most of the downforce and stuff like that was relatively the same. And in my opinion, that was kind of NASCAR's last opportunity. Like, okay, let's try this one last thing to see if 550 is gonna work. The speeds were incredibly slow. And I give credit to uh, Christian Espinoza, the guy that actually lives at Charlotte Motor Speedway because he, bu- he posted a video on top you had the 550 package on the bottom you had the 670 single car runs and you could see a night and day difference with how much faster the 670 car was how much better it sounded um you know how much uh, speed it carried into the corner um so in my opinion i I think 550 is done like after yesterday what we saw with the speeds being so slow and the significant difference once they went to 670 um i think that's going to be the way to go going forward
0: yeah, I mean I hope it is. I look, what, what we've talked about, I feel like the entire time we've done this podcast is you know, we want we want more horsepower. Sure. You know, when I think NASCAR, I think of big beefy cars and and loud engines and stuff like that. Like that's what I want. Yeah. And you know, I you know, I get try, you know, at different places they'll have different packages run to slow the cars down and stuff like that, but Look, if you can bump, if you can give, you know, over a hundred more horsepower into a car, I'm all for it. For sure. Wouldn't it be
1: very ironically funny if NASCAR accidentally built a car that required higher horsepower?
0: It, it would be almost beautiful.
1: Because the, like, this car was designed to run the 550 package. That's the reason we've been running it with the next-gen car for the past three seasons, because that's yeah. what the future of Cup Series racing was going to be. And, and and my question is, you know, again, we had the slowdown with COVID and everything like that, but we still had tests at places like um, uh, Homestead Auto Club before the pandemic hit, where very likely they were running 550 there. How did they not know it was that slow back then? Did they expect the speeds to just jump up tremendously as the development went on? Because like. I remember watching some of those tests thinking, wow, that car looks really slow, but we never got the official lap times. We never got speeds and stuff like that. But now here we are literally two months away from the season starting, like, oh, crap, these cars are too slow. We better do something to speed them up. Like, how did they not know that was going on?
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing that I always think is funny, too, is we sit here, we talk about 670 550 750 like all these different packages Mm -hmm. i wish that they ran them without telling you what they were running sure and then you could just be like you know that's things like if we didn't know it was 550 would we think it's slower yeah i mean like at some point in time your mind plays games with you and it's like 550 slower okay that car looks slower
1: I was gonna say I, I sometimes miss the innocence of being a like a kid NASCAR fan, <laughs> where I just turn on the TV to watch the race. I didn't know anything about the technical side. I didn't. Yeah. know I mean, they showed telemetry, but I didn't care how fast they were going. I just wanted to watch cars race on TV or in person, whatever the case may be. And now, once you get ingrained in all these details and stuff like that, there's no going back.
0: Yeah, here we are a week week and a half before Christmas on a on a Thursday night, and all we can talk about is horsepower and downforce so i mean it it is what it is it's just part of part of being a fan
1: absolutely um but yeah they tested two different configurations of the sec- of the 670 uh, package yesterday the first one was with the standard six inch spoiler centered to the car because you know the car symmetrical and everything like that and then um later in the day they went out with a uh extension on the right side of the spoiler basically three inches of the clear Lexan kind of kicked out to the side. And then an insanely large shark fin. I don't know if you saw the pictures of it, but that thing was absolutely massive. And the, my understanding was that was uh, used to create a little bit more side force to maybe help the cars race a little bit better. Um, But for everything that I saw, it seems like the first 670 package that they use yielded the best results, at least according to the drivers.
0: Yeah. Well, and not only to the drivers, but to my eye anyways i watched a little bit of it this morning and mm-hmm. um i mean when they went back out there and you know you had to try to pair up when sure. changes and stuff but again that that may just be my mind playing with me yeah. um but oh, overall i still like what i've seen and sure. how does that work out when when teams you know begin to hone in on these packages and make the car better i don't know yeah. um I, I don't really think we'll know until we get all 40 cars on the track, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, get to our first intermediate, but it's, it's part of, it's going to be a growing process, and you'll just have to have grown pains with it, and have to go through the ups and downs of a new package.
1: Well, I was encouraged yesterday, because the top speed, it was, I think, it was run by Ryan Blaney with the 670 package, it was actually faster than the pole speed that Kyle Larson had back there in uh, May for the 600, so it's like, mm-hmm. and teams get their hands on, they're going to make them go a little bit faster, and a little bit faster, but it's like okay, now we're at least in that range where we were, maybe even a little bit faster. Um, now that's what we need to build off of.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you know, again, if we're, if these cars are racing as fast as the Richard Petty driving experience cars go around Charlotte, that's a bad look, and that's that's yeah. not going to that's not going to improve the sport at all.
0: No, no.
1: So um, again, they're going to roll back out there tomorrow with who knows what. Uh, assuming something six seventy. And uh, I don't know, maybe by the end of the day, we'll have an answer to what 2022 is finally going to look like.
0: Yeah. And maybe we don't. And and either way, if it takes another test to figure it out, let's get it right.
1: But something on that note that Bob Pockris tweeted out yesterday that I, you know, didn't even consider, but it's really important. When somebody was asking like, okay, when are they going to decide on this? These teams have to know what they're preparing for, because three of the first five races are on intermediate tracks. They're going to be using whatever, rules package we're going to be using so these teams need to know okay we're building for 550 we're building for 670 we need this spoiler we need that spoiler like they need to be alerted to what they're going to be preparing for these next couple months so they're not going to be behind yeah yeah so if if we because i i know you know there's not gonna be any testing like christmas week or anything like that but if we get to like early january and we still don't know what we're doing i think that's gonna be a little bit of a time for panic
0: yeah well i definitely
1: so, um, we'll see what comes of that. I think there's a – is it a Vegas test or in early January, maybe like January the 11th or something like that. So, yeah. um, another in- intermediate test. You know, they're going to go to Daytona. Whenever Atlanta gets finished, they're going to go there. So, there's still going to be plenty of testing. But I think you have to figure out the core of what you're doing by the end of this week. Yeah. Um, plenty of other off-season news going on, particularly when it comes to teams. And here's something I didn't see coming. This came out of completely out of left field. Uh, Petty and GMS have combined to be Petty GMS racing now. So you're going to have Eric Jones and Ty Dillon be teammates running the 42 and the 43 car.
0: Yeah, I, it's kind of sad for me to be 100% mm-hmm. honest. Um, because I feel like this is the way that Richard Petty kind of bows out of the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slow but surely moving out, right? I don't know. I, I think it's a great move for GMS. Uh, I'm a big Eric Jones fan. I think he's talented. I think that you may be able to really see what he can do this year. You know, we talk about somewhat of a parody in the sport with the the new car. Um, And I think pairing him with a guy like Ty Dillon, um, who's, you know, a veteran of the sport who um, has been through a lot. And I think overall it's a – obviously it's a business decision. Sure. Um, I think it's going to make both teams. I think it's one of those cases where I think they're going to be stronger together than they would be apart.
1: Absolutely. No, yeah. Having a a teammate helps and certainly somebody like Ty Dillon that's been around for the cup series for several years and raced a lot of different things in NASCAR over the years. I think that's going to help out Eric Jones a lot. You know, when you look at the significant improvement that both Hendrick and Richard Childress racing had last year, that's got to give you a little bit of hope for petty gms now are they going to go out there and necessarily win races next year no maybe not maybe i don't know could happen um but i I don't think it's unreasonable to think that these guys go out there and be solid top 10 to top 15 contenders on a week-in week-out basis and that's what you need to build to eventually become a team that can win races eventually become a team that can compete for championships um again gms is a brand new cup series team next year um and you know again this is This is Petty kind of dissolving into GMS more than it is GMS joining Petty. Um, So you got to kind of look at this as a first-year type of team.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think – correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to believe I read that, like, this will be the first time in Ty Dillon's cup career that he's had a teammate.
1: That would be correct because prior to this he ran for Jermaine in the 13th Mm -hmm. car by himself. Um, he ran those couple races in the 96 car for Gaunt brothers by himself. Uh, I mean, technically he made some one-off starts back, uh, in, you know, 13, 14, 15, uh, in the 33 car for Richard Childress racing, where he technically had teammates, but that wasn't a full-time gig. So for for a full-time cup series driver, yes, this will be the first time he's ever had a teammate.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, maybe, maybe he, you know, gets a, gets a teammate and bounce ideas off of one another and we're able to field something pretty strong. I mean, I don't know. I think it's just one of those, there's so much change in sport and we've seen, you know, all different levels of change really over the past year, new teams jumping in and everybody thinks this is kind of, if you're going to make your move to the cup series, it's, it's the time to do it now. And I mean, look what GMS has done in the truck series, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean you're going to have success at the highest level of NASCAR, but right. You know, talk about, like, with, with Colleague and the way they've done things, quote-unquote, the right way. I feel like GMS is doing that now. You know, they kind of had a plan. We'll run one car. Sure. Um, but now you're you're joining forces with, you know, a talented driver and Eric Jones, a team that has the pedigree there. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. And starting off with two cars, uh, who says that GMS can't be a four-car team in a couple of years? Yeah. I mean – yeah. They certainly have plenty of talent in, in the pipeline down in the truck series that if they're needing, you know, those drivers to expand, they certainly have the opportunity to do so. Now, acquiring charters, that gets a little bit more tricky, but um, starting oh, off with two teams, I mean, we'll see where they go. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned colleague Racing, and they also had some headlines just the other day. A little bit surprised by this because we know Justin Haley is going to run full-time in the Cup Series. He's going to be their lone full-time driver they're doing this unique thing where they kind of have this all-star car with a it's going to be a full-time car but it's not, it's going to have a mix of different drivers. AJ Allmendinger of course is going to run the road course no surprise there. Daniel Hemrick who was already signed with them to run in the Xfinity series no surprise there. But Noah Gregson being the third driver for college Racing that one came out of left field a little bit.
0: like very left field, like bleachers left field. I mean I don't know. I it was the more I think about that, the more I think that it's a very good move for Colleague. Because, mm-hmm. look, but obviously you put a lot of your focus into the 33 and then what Haley's going to run next year. 31.
1: He's going to run the 31 car.
0: 31. 31. So he will be in the 31 next year. But, like, you've got this, like you said, this all-star car with three completely different style of drivers. Yep. And, and I feel like to an extent that will kind of be your developmental slash experiment car. Sure um and then you know what maybe you find out that noah gregson wins three four races this year and that he needs to be in the cup series next year you've yeah. got the car you got a chance to get the driver i think it's an audition for for he and hemrick both and i know Almondingers stated that he wants to stay in the series and stuff sure. but maybe they get to the cup series this year they win races they're competitive and he's like well, dang, I think I could do that too. So I, I, it's very interesting, yeah. um, but I really like it for everyone involved.
1: And I think it's a really good thing, especially for Noah Grixen, because we talked about last year is, you know, before we knew that he was going to be re-signing with Junior Motorsports, like, okay, what does he do? Does he go to the Cup Series? Does he try and find another Xfinity Series team? Like, this is a guy that definitely has the talent to make it in the Cup Series uh, eventually, but there's only so many rides. Does he go jump in a mediocre car for three or four years? trying to figure it out before maybe getting a top ride in five, six years. This allows him to get a good deal of Cup Series experience, still running for a championship down the experience Series. And when that opportunity comes to whether it's go full-time with college or maybe take over another good full-time ride, he's going to be ready and he's going to have a lot of experience in the Cup Series when that time comes. I think he comes out the biggest winner out of this uh, scenario.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um,
1: and I would imagine, like I said, is going to run the road courses. I'd be shocked if he runs anything else. Hemrick is a short track racer. I imagine he's probably going to run a lot of the shorter ovals. You know, Gregson, super speedways. I imagine he'll probably run a lot of the intermediates too. Um, you know, we'll kind of see how they divvy up the schedule. But um, I kind of feel like each of these guys will kind of go with what their skill set necessarily uh, is aligned with. Yeah, that made the most sense. Yeah, except we know Gregson's going to run for Beard Motorsports in the Daytona 500, so I would assume, because I don't think Almaninger loves super speedway racing that much, I guess Henrik will run for the Daytona 500 in the uh, 16
0: car. It's going to be funny when he r- wins that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. All those years, not winning races, and he goes back-to-back.
0: Two, biggest, two of the biggest wins of his career, you know, I mean, well, the two, only two.
1: Well, and, and I think this is really good for him, too, because, you know, it's been well-documented, obviously, you know, the, the struggle to win a race until he won the championship race just a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, he's gone on record talking about like, you know, my life's goal was to make it to the cup series. I get there with Richard Children's racing one year and I'm out. Like yeah. he comes up there and he's doing a great job, but I never feel like Hemrick really got his fair chance there. He's got a good no. situation on the Xfinity series where he can run for wins and run for championships week in and week out, but he still has these select opportunities to go run the cup series. Go try and win the Daytona 500. Go try and win the Southern 500. Can he go Mm full-time in the Cup Series again? Down the road? Absolutely. Is he in a rush to do that? Probably not. But he has this opportunity to stay relevant in the Cup Series should that opportunity come down the line. Right. So I'm really excited for it. Um, And and it's just really cool to see both GMS, Petty GMS, I guess, technically, and a Colleague Racing take these unique – entries into being full-time cup series teams
0: yeah yeah they're taking a huge
1: leap yep speaking of huge leaps while we're talking about teams uh front row motorsports uh, this was surprising you're going to have todd gilland going from the truck series all the way to the cup series and you're gonna have zane smith
0: hopping over to front row's
1: 38 truck
0: I mean, I I don't think it works out for for Todd. Um, Not that I'm rooting against him or anything. I just – Alfredo didn't do anything with that car last year. No. It's not like I think Todd is some super talented driver. So.
1: I was so impressed by what we saw to Todd Gilliland, particularly in the playoffs this year. He showed Mm -hmm. so much promise and so much speed. I was thinking this is a guy that could be a serious title contender next year. If he stays in the truck series and now he's not going to be there. Now, yeah, that benefit Zane Smith, absolutely. But I thought Todd Gilland was in a really good position to have a breakout year in trucks next year. He had that great win at Coda this year. Um, you know, I think he erased a lot of the doubt that people had from him back from his KBM days. He kind of established himself as a solid contender on a week in, week out basis. But man, jumping up the Cup series with a new car, all these new things, with a, you know, this B minus C plus level team. I don't know how well it's going to work out for Gil. And maybe maybe we regret saying this by the end of next year, but looking at it right now, it's going to be an uphill battle for him for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely.
1: Um, But I look at Zane Smith, obviously somebody that was in the championship four in the truck series, had had a good battle there late with Ben Rhodes that decided the championship. You know, is he going to go out there and win eight races? Maybe not, but he could certainly be one of those guys that once again finds himself in the final four next year.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think that, you know, he's a, a guy that's been in the truck series for a few years now, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh,
1: more team news. that's actually came out today going on the Xfinity series. Our Motorsports, uh, which uh, ran full-time with Brett Moffitt last year, you had a cycle of different guys running that 23 car, Ty Dillon, um, Tyler Reddick, you know, several guys like that. They're going to have three full-time teams in 2022. You're going to have Moffitt back again. You're going to have Jeb Burton. You're going to have Anthony Alfredo. Now, this is a team that showed a lot of promise last year. Um, Brett Moffitt and Tyler Reddick were in contention to win that Homestead race back in the spring. Um, And now you're going to go to three full-time teams with a veteran guy in Jeb Burton. Brett Moffitt, who's already won a Truck Series championship, has been racing in the top three series for several years now. And then this guy, Anthony Alfredo, who, again – didn't do well in the Cup Series, but in those select Xfinity starts he had with RCR in 2020, he showed a lot of promise and potential. So I think this could be a team, are they going to go out there and win a bunch of races? Probably not. But if they went out there and picked off one or two, I wouldn't be shocked by it.
0: Yeah. It's three really unique drivers in a, just a really unique driver lineup, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to in see how it works out.
1: Right. Well, I'm encouraged by the fact that, you know, we have these teams that are unique to the – xfinity series so you know yeah. you have Joe gibbs you have penske and stuff like this but this is a specific xfinity series team running xfinity only drivers like you know that kind of that's a little bit nostalgic to me um you right know, we had 20 25 years ago that kind of stuff so it's cool to see yeah uh the ongoing saga about the numbers continues on and you and i were talking about this before we started recording what we've seen out of uh, testing and where these teams are starting to put their numbers with the sponsors and stuff like that, it's starting to look pretty good. Now, not every not every car looks perfect, but these teams are really starting to figure it out. And I think this is something after a few weeks, we're going to really just get used to it and, and not even talk about it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's definitely growing on me. And like, like you said, I, I think two, three weeks into the season, it'll be a non-story. It'll just be like, yeah, they're up there. So what? Move on.
1: Well, I was encouraged JTG Doherty Racing posted this on Reddit the other day that NASCAR has set a standard for where the number is. And that is basically the front of the number is lined up with the A post and it goes backwards towards the window. Um, now, depending on which way your number slants, some numbers will be a little bit forward, some numbers will be a little bit backwards. Um, I think the single digit numbers may look a little bit odd with extra space there. But we had this uniformity of where the number is going to be still under the window, just not taking up the entire door. And uh, you right. know, we were talking about uh, Brett Keslowski's six car, the Kohler Generators. Like, they did a really good job utilizing that space and using the number to complement it. Mm-hmm.
0: And look, that's the, at the end of the day, sponsors are the ones that pay for the car. Yep. So they need their space on it. And if you can incorporate it still make it look good, I'm gay. Yep.
1: Again, this is something that I think we're just going to get used to pretty quickly, and it's going to be a non-story a couple weeks into the season. Okay. Uh, All right. One more thing before we get out of here. And I was really excited about this too. Jimmy Johnson going to run the full IndyCar series schedule in 2022, Indy 500, all the ovals, all the road courses. I don't know. This is what we were hoping for. You know, here's a guy that made his career racing ovals, winning on ovals. And it was almost weird to, you know, for him to go into the IndyCar series season last year and say, well, that's the one thing I'm not going to run.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when he made the announcement the other morning, I, I was I was tickled to death. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, I think it's cool. Obviously, I wanted him in the Indianapolis 500 just for mm-hmm. tradition of it and all that. But the fact he's going to run an entire full schedule, that's pretty awesome.
1: Well, if you add the Indy 500 to it, it's like, okay, well, if you run three more ovals, you run the entire season. So you made yeah. it.
0: Yeah, I saw a tweet yesterday, I think it was yesterday, and it was like, he would might as well run the Coke 600 at this point. And I was like, you know what? You got a point. I mean, why not? Yeah, That's so just... we'll see. But I'm excited for it.
1: No, absolutely. And and I think he showed a lot of promise <laughs> the season went along as he started to figure things out a little bit. Again, he's not a road course specialist, so he was already fighting an uphill battle there. But, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do at Texas, what he can do at Indianapolis, what he can do at Iowa, what he can do at Gateway because he's an oval specialist. Now, do I think he's going to go up there and lead a bunch of laps and win races? Probably not, but I think he's got a shot at maybe get some top tens next year, which is a yeah. improvement
0: on what he was doing last year. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like there's only up for here, up from here for him.
1: Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder. It's like, okay, he's in his mid forties. Now how much longer is he going to keep doing this? How many full yeah. car seasons is he going to run? Is he going to do it once just to say I did it and then be done with it or you know, if he has good results next year, is he going to be back in 2023. Right. Yeah. Time will tell. So excited for it. Um, I don't know. It'd be cool to see him run the double. I don't know what car he would run in NASCAR because Hendrick Motorsports is all full, but um, hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe bumping up the horsepower a little bit can finally convince Jimmy to come back for one more.
0: Yeah, it would be, it'd be really cool. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, no, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, as we talked about, there's no – this off season hasn't slowed down at all. We just spent over 30 <laughs> minutes talking about what's happened in the past basically two weeks, um, and it's only going to continue to get more, more and more busy. Yep. So, um, next week's Christmas, so I guess we'll probably look more towards uh, New Year's for our next episode. And Who knows how much stuff we're going to know between now and then, but maybe we'll know what the uh, rules package is going to be by then. Hopefully. So – Well, as news continues to break and as we react to it, we'll have more episodes as we continue to trot through the offseason. So for Adult Model i I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.